Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And uh, back with us this week, once again, Bruce Backman, Republican political researcher, consultant, former top aide to Fox News chairman Roger Ailes, and veteran of uh, many, many Republican campaigns, uh, disciple of the great pollster, Arthur Finkelstein. Uh, Bruce, it's been uh, quite the whirlwind week, but yeah. uh, I think uh, President goes to London, has tea with the Queen, has a state mm-hmm. dinner, ill-fitting tuxedo uh, for some reason. I'm not sure. That that should have, really should have been a custom job. It's actually funny that I Trump, mean, before he became pro all this other stuff, Trump used to love Brioni suits. Brioni usually if you go to so Brioni, why was I can't afford a Brioni suit. Why was this so poorly tailored? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Right? I mean, seriously, bring on a fashion it, expert. It, it, but it, no, but it seems that the the the, the coat was not. It just it, I, I can't. Explain it's it. almost as if like he packed the wrong thing and he had to improvise and somebody else gave him. I don't know. I mean, I mean, he's near Savile Row. I'm sure they could have worked something. I out. will say this: Melania looks spectacular. Melania is, you know, she's the fashion. She's she's the most fashionable first lady since Jackie Onassis. Uh, it's it's Jackie Kennedy. It's Onassis. it's really yeah, interesting. I could save there. Uh, no, I mean she wasn't Onassis in the that, That's so. right, exactly. But it's uh, it, it, I I just was surprised. But you know we see kind of the tale of the two Trumps. Um, yeah, but you have at the same time he's he's there. He's with the Queen. He's on his but he's on great behavior actually when he's with the Queen. But for some reason when he's tweeting at the other time he's talking about Bette Midler. I mean, the, the president is a very um, passionate re- guy, and he's very you know like him or not, and I I like him. Um, he's very real, whether you like that or not. And real doesn't mean that he doesn't say silly things sometimes, and he sets out tweets that bother some people and don't bo- and people other people love. But but of all he people, he got great press. Even he from did. The British he, media, he got great press. But of the all speeches he gave were almost Reagan esque. Of all people, in fact, they were Reagan esque. Midler. Who even remembered anything? Who even knew that Bette Midler was still around? I don't know. Maybe he was trying to send her over there, get her off of, out of Wyoming. Maybe they want to put her on some show in the West End and get her out of his hair. Bette Midler. Pro- I don't know. Why did Psycho he go after Bette Rosie Midler. O'Donnell years ago? I, I well, no that idea. was a long-standing feud. I can't. I just a long-standing feud with a garbage with a nobody. No, but that was pre-president. This is a you go. You're there. You're with the Queen. You're with Prince Charles. You're talking this. That I, I just. I, I mean, three, talking about Bette Midler is like exhuming people from the dead. That, Precisely. That's exactly the point. Is that <laughs> you gotta? <laughs> you have to take this president. You gotta with, take the whole thing. You have to. T- it's it's a package. It's a pa- it's a package. And deal. a guy like me likes him because right. we like what he does, and we like. And I see through the veneer of all the stuff that bothers everybody or that people choose to focus on. He had a very positive trip. He tried to, you know, in this post Obama EU world of uh, the EU being sacrosanct, you know, Trump goes over there and he reiterates Reagan-Thatcher-American-U.S. Um, relations. He talked about the importance of the special relationship. He reiterated the wonderful history. Um, you know, for no offense, to, there's a reason that a lot of the Brits decided to vote for Brexit. And a lot of them continue to support it. Yeah, and um, including, they're, they're, including Britain the president. has nothing to be ashamed of. Inclu- including the president is a supporter of Brexit. He told them to leave with a no deal. Then he alternatively said that he wants a wall between Northern Ireland and Ireland. But then when he went to Ireland, met with the prime minister, he immediately didn't want the wall anymore. 
Uh, I got to tell you, it's actually every couple minutes is very entertaining. It is, but it was a very successful trip. It's I, not I, his issue focus. I the goal so. of the trip was to reiterate relations, the special being relationship. strong, the special relationship, and he, to take he, the focus off of the he, obsession with the anti-Semitic, um, you know, bizarre um, climate change obsessed um, European wait, Union. Which wait, has, climate change is anti-Semitic? You know what? Climate change, and I'm going to get in trouble. I don't know who your listeners are, but... But climate change is a very, very strange movement. No, no, that might which be. Which has never really that, been investigated. That might be. That might be so. I just the when you when you meant to say climate change anti-Semitic, that was an adjective for the EU, or you meant to say the climate change movement is itself anti-Semitic. I find there's a linkage. No offense to I know the mayor this week in New York was. Oh well, I wanted to, certainly wanted to get to that. Well, I mean, let's get to that now because we're talking about anti-Semitism. And you but wait, wait, but news. I need to know if climate change is anti-Semitic. No, but it tends to be that many people on the left who are obsessed with climate change to tremendous proportions. But there um, are people. Have a, there's a correlation sometimes, not necessarily with anti-Semitism and climate change obsession, but that tends to be the same people are usually with one and the other. But Israel. I don't know why that is. But Israel is. I mean, have nothing to do with each other. Israel is one of the most progressive, clean energy, pro conservation countries. Pro conservation and, and, and trying to have clean water. And try to conserve water is not an obsession to try to destroy no, but any solar, focus on but industry. But solar energy and... Solar energy is not... These are, Israel is at the forefront of all these industries. They are at the, the forefront of many of these industries, but they're not the global leader in trying to destroy big business and industry and set everybody back to the dark ages in the name of a science which, with all due respect is flimsy at best and it, the fact that well, a lot of people signed on to something i mean the president's not wrong to like take a step back in the whole climate change debate why should you you know tr- there was a video that came out by obviously conservative people because i'm conservative but you know th- there was a line there was an african woman who was a leader who was concerned about the obsession with climate change in africa and she says that there are people in the world who are obsessed with the birds but don't care about the people um, who would choose birds over yes. people? And there's a lot of people in the climate change movement who are choosing birds over people. And it makes one wonder what the movement's all about when that's the um, bizarre focus. I mean, you want to destroy jobs, you want to destroy industry, you want to destroy technological advancements for the sake of what? I mean, and, and is there much evidence that any of the things they're going to do are going to have effect? I know they're going to destroy econ- economies all over the world. I know they're not really reasonable. I know they're not really possible to happen. So why be so gung-ho and maybe be a little bit more cautious? That's the only thing that smart scientists ask. And there's plenty of climate scientists at many of the finest universities in the world who say that. I'm not making this up. Okay. I, I believe there's two sides to the issue. There's I was, a famous Norwegian I was scientist. Just, that, I was there's just, a famous... No, there, there, I was wondering how we got There's a Nobel Prize-winning climatologist at, our, at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute who's published and written about this for a long time, that the whole movement is bizarre. But he says, do, why do they listen to me? I'm only a world's climate expert. How do we get there from... To but we'll leave that. Let's talk about real Sorry anti-Semitism. Sorry about that climate change. That's okay. I just... Well, I was kind of marveling at the idea that... At, it, and look, it's possible these days that everything can be – you can see anti-Semitism everywhere because it's on both left and right. The one person in the debate um, 
Anti-Semitism has been around forever. Who seems, it's not gone away. Who seems not to realize this? Our uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio uh, said this week in a press conference talking about the rise in anti-Semitism that it's only on the right. That there's no left-wing anti-Semitism. He doesn't. I mean, see I don't it. know. I lived in I Crown mean, Heights for seven years. I wouldn't make that statement. I don't think Al Sharpton is a representative of the right, nor is Louis Farrakhan. Although there are organizations who want to classify him as such. Um, like the but that's Lava, the, poverty law, but Center, that's not even it. Fraud. I mean, the the guys running around in Crown Heights attacking Jews, uh, they are not skinheads. I mean, I it's a, I mean, there are, Linda Sarsour is not a is not a right. Now wing, let's not be not, crazy. There are anti semites on the right, and yes. there are anti semites on the left. Yes, and there's probably anti semites right down the middle. Yes, and anti semitism is one of the few things that joins all different kinds of people together. My has my friend uh, Councilman Joe Borelli. Uh, told the New York Post, this is possibly the stupidest thing. Effing thing. That said effing. <laughs> this, well, I can't. It's a family radio network. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, That's that, quoted in the Post. <laughs> that this is possibly the stupidest thing that Bill de Blasio has ever said. And it's amazing because I, the man is running for president of the United States. And here he is, essentially, because he's, on, I, I guess, afraid to confront people on the left. And we've seen that before. He's afraid to confront those. No, he really believes it. You, he, you, nobody he gets really, him. He really believes oh, yeah. it. Well, he's, it's not possible. I mean, what do you mean it's not possible? He's got, the, have to he's, he's who he's got is. the data in front of him. He really believes there's no anti-Semitism his, on the left. Yeah, he probably does. His own district, his own place in Park Slope, right, had a... I mean, had you have to with their co-op, with the boycotts and the this. I understand. He's reality, yes. The know, far he, left activists in America genuinely have a problem with reality, and reality dictates that skinhead swastikas and you know Emmanuel Hitler are the people who cause anti-Semitism. There is plenty of anti-Semitism in all different kinds of places. You know, Gregory Peck, the famous movie in the late 19, I think it was 47 or 48, A Gentleman's Agreement. I mean, anti-Semitism is, is, is everywhere. I mean, anti-Semitism is in, the, is in the craziest places. And it's based, it's, it's a prejudice that's, that's as old as time. Um, we, try to ban, we try to banish it. We try to make it, you know, something that should be left to the ash heap of history. But it always rears its head. It's never really disappeared. It just manifests itself very differently through all administrations. There's been always been anti-Semitism on the right. There's always been anti-Semitism on the left. It's always manifested itself differently. To say that it's all on the right today, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. Um, because there is a movement um, that genuinely... I mean, my favorite thing that is anti-Semitic is attacking George Soros became anti-Semitic. That's absurd. I mean, George Soros is a person who has very little to do with his Jewish heritage, right. and and you can't attack George Soros. I attack George Soros. He's a bad man. Well, well, well let me ask you for a second. And I, I think you could certainly attack George and Soros. I, I, I no, have no, I, a, I, I have tzitzis and I wear yarmulke, and I, he's a bad man. I and think, I'm anti-Semitic for saying so. No, I, I don't disagree. I think you can... Uh, you can attack George Soros for a number of things. I mean, one thing you probably shouldn't attack him for is the, you know, calling him a Nazi um, or a Nazi collaborator. I think that, that I mean, but he was sort of a Nazi collaborator. Sort of. I mean, okay. There's a lot of people that would have reacted differently than he would have. I'm sorry. Perhaps I don't ever want to be put in that situation. Hundred percent. But the, but as but that it's a fair statement. No. No, it's not a fair statement. It's not a fair. I don't agree. Okay, that's fine. I don't. I don't think you. Could, but 
you can do it without putting him in this bucket of Soros Steyer, who's not Jewish, essentially. That's how he is. Well, he is not identified. He never identified as Jewish until this this happened. Well, I'm from if you his know. mother's a Jewish person. I halachically Jewish. Okay, what even if okay? I mean, it's okay. Look. I, I hate these. I hate when we get into those those tropes. It's I don't care from if he's right Jewish or, or from not, left. But you why don't why can, why can't we stick to policies that we disagree with instead of talking about people and trying to discredit people? Some people are very closely identified with certain policies. But George Soros has never been about his Judaism. He's never been about Jewish. He's never. So why is attacking him mean that I'm anti-Semitic? I don't think it does attacking him. But as long as as long as you don't attack him because of his Jewishness, is his globalist his globalist Jewishness that type of thing? You know, the whole the whole the whole. I'm just kidding. There's a big debate in the America Bruce, today. Bruce, we both yeah. saw that ad before the election, right? So we have the Soros and Janet Yellen and like Blankfine and all these pictures of various Jews controlling the money around the world and, and you know sticking it to the American taxpayer. Um, I thought there were some anti-Semitic overtones in that. I would not have, as a Republican, as a person who has made ads in the past, would not have gone there and i guess it was effective it probably worked in certain places but not something that i would sleep well at night having uh, produced perhaps okay i would agree with you but at the same time um you know if you want to really separate policy from people then sometimes you can have ads targeting certain people yeah. legitimately so okay fair enough but let's but i i have a question just to get back to mayor de blasio for a second i know maybe i'm mildly obsessed with his his campaign for president because i just don't understand it but having said that does this play for him to go ahead and sit there and be head in the sand as the mayor of new york city the largest uh, the largest, more Jews in New York City than any other municipality in the world, and to downplay, essentially, to downplay the level of no. anti-Semitism by saying, "Oh, it's only in the right wing. We don't have that problem here because you know we're not." No, no, it it doesn't hurt him. However, it does hurt him. What? Which one? He's not going to be president. Of course not. Jewish people who. Are, but is this a is this a campaign thing, or you you're saying he really believes it? I think I think just, he really. Believes I think it. he's just pandering to the no, left. No, he's not pandering to anybody. He really believes it. The left hasn't come to terms with the reality that 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 they've become much more starkly anti-Semitic over the last 25, 30 years. They're they're very uncomfortable with it. The the polling suggests if people really study the shifts from being pro-Israel in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and there is data to support this, that gradually over the last, I'd say post-67, there's been a shift and there's been a flip. And today the Democratic Party has a series of people in it elected all over the country who are genuinely anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, link them, don't link them, that's your business. But, But there's no question that Mayor de Blasio, being that he's in New York, sitting in a room surrounded by a series of, I mean, come on, it's New York City. He has many Jewish advisors working in the administration. And the concept to him that there'd be anti-Semitism on the left seems crazy to him because he deals with a lot of Jewish elected officials. He deals with a lot of Jewish pollsters, lobbyists, business leaders, activists in the city. I mean, from the Met, 
you know. So that. you're just saying the Jews are everywhere, so therefore No, he can't... I'm saying he's living in a world like New York. So the concept that the left, which is so predominantly Jewish in New York City, would be the home of anti-Semitism is somewhat foreign to him. It, it almost, it's comical. But the reality is, is when you look down deep within New York City, you have a lot of anti-Semitism on the left, and you have a lot of anti-Semitism on the left throughout the United States now. Interesting. Israel is maybe, the, you know, if, if Mayor de Blasio was in another place, in a different community, and he wasn't dealing in a, in a environment where there were so many Jewish activists on the left, maybe he'd feel differently. He's out, he's in his little microcosm. That's the perception he has. I'm going to actually give, I'm not going to give him a pass on it. I'm going to say based on his experience and who he deals with, it seems crazy to him. However, he's also delusional when he doesn't realize You lived in Crown Heights. You, you, you're familiar with the concept. Uh, I mean, these are just not right-wingers running around. I don't around, think he's right. I'm just telling off. you why he says what I, he says. But, he's, but it's empirically, it's happening in front of his eyes. I, look, what can I tell you? We, well, we're going to well, switch. We're switching topics. I, no, I can't. one second. Okay, finish this. Go ahead. Him. I'm not defending the mayor. I know. I'm just saying, based on his worldview, of you're, you're his, not de- you're not defending him. You're calling him ignorant. I'm calling him. I'm calling the mayor what everybody knows you're, he is. He's stupid. He, okay, he's blinded by his ideology. I mean, and everybody just, in the administration, fair knows enough. That. Half the city council knows that. Get them off the record. They'll all tell you the same thing. The man is stupid. He's just stupid. He says stupid things we're all gonna, the time. We're gonna leave that. To, we're gonna leave the topic right there because that's a perfect. But by the way, this I feel is, bad for him. I this, feel bad for New York because they elected him. <laughs> this is spin class we here. With smart Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman. And let, I, speaking of stupid, I'm just gonna. I'll go. Just gonna call Sorry. it that. Okay. Uh, Jared Kushner inexplicably gives a one-on-one interview with Axios, Jonathan Swan, very smart guy, very good interviewer, right-in-your-face type of guy. It was a great interview. It was a great interview. Fantastic. Two-part interview. Does it in this house, then then in the White House, and there were some missteps in there on part of Kushner's side. Now, this from a guy, what really puzzles me here is that for years now, for three years now, he has essentially been quiet. Hasn't said anything. Hasn't given. That's not true. Oh, I've been he, interviewed on CNN. He did a segment no, with Van he Jones. Did. He, he did. was excellent. Well, with right. Well, that was a. I, I Van did Jones. You watch it? Yeah, he was very good. Yeah. Well, Van Jones didn't really. Not didn't really do much as an interviewer wise. Doesn't I matter. Think, he was I impressive. Think, he was. Uh, I think Van Jones kind of took a dive for the uh, based on the. His, you know, appreciation of prison reform because Van Jones was involved in that. But well, that—that's my personal feeling. But let's leave it to this. Okay, we—he—it's not like he's a regular media personality. He's usually and probably rightly so because the president doesn't like it when his advisors get too much out there. But this was not a great interview. No, it wasn't a great interview. <laughs> it's why? Why did he do it? Or yeah, why, why did was it he not do great? It? Why did he do it? What do you have Probably to gain? What did he have to gain from this interview? He may have been partially misled in taking it. You know the way that works. No, oh, I, I do. So that's one. I don't know if he knew the t- full gamut of what he was signing up for when he did it. Um, I thought some of the question was a little overly aggressive. I thought a lot of it was trying to pigeonhole him to make comments that weren't necessarily necessary for him to make at the time. Well, you had to know like the question about the meeting with the I, Russians. I, I'm going to say coming, something right. Now. I'm not a birther. But I wish he would have said that you can be a birther and it doesn't mean that you're a racist. 
I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that applying that somebody is born in the country where his father is from and was a prominent official implies that you're a racist. I mean, let's have a real conversation about this. If the country was in Kenya and it was, it was, it was France, nobody would view it that way. Have an honest conversation. Stop stereotyping things. It's a legitimate thing. He has a brother that I don't know. I don't care where the president was born because his mother was American, and by most understanding of the way the law works, it's moot anyways. Which is why the whole birther thing never made sense. However, that said, there's legitimate questions. There are his birth certificate didn't show up for a long time. He has a brother who says he was born in Kenya. There's a book jacket from 1991 that was published that says he was born in Kenya, Kenyan born. I mean, there is random pieces of evidence out there that raise the question so if the president maybe gotten a little carried away with it and made too much of an issue and then there could have been racial overtones i understand but the question itself was did have some legitimacy to it at the time at the time i mean come on it you know how long it took him to produce his birth certificate (laughs) at the time I mean, everybody gets nervous. Oh, you can't ask that question. Well, I mean, you let's be honest. Nobody could. Have you ever heard of a presidential candidate running for pre- for president? Forget taxes. Let's forget taxes. This president wants to produce his taxes. Couldn't produce his birth certificate for years. His birth certificate. I don't care where he's born. He was the president. He was elected. Right. So be it. Exactly. However, implying that if a person is a birther, he's a racist. I don't know if that's true. I never liked that. I never understood why the media went that route. I thought that they could have said maybe there are racial overtones, but there are also legitimate questions here too. So then why did Jared just say that? Because Jared at the end of the day is from New York. And Jared has been... Jared I, was I think he would have been much better off. Jared would have been much better off saying what I said right now. For sure. He would have been much better off saying no. He got it's not nervous. Racist. Cameras were on him. Oh, please. He was being hammered. Please. Nervous? Maybe he's, I. You know what? He didn't. He looked somewhat nervous. When he was yeah, the question. He, he looked utterly shocked that somebody would go ahead and ask I mean, him such a question. Nobody's superhuman. There are people who can get flustered and no, crack under pressure. I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying is, he looked surprised that this would be a question. Right? I have to tell we you both, that with wait, all the wait, things wait, going on, we both, I'm gonna we both ask, sit there. We both sit I'm there. Gonna, with, I'm going to say this right we, now. With all the things going on in the world, with all the things going on in the world today. I don't know that discussing birtherism right now. It wasn't a question was about sober. birtherism. It was a it question about. But, but he, yeah, but he was leading him there. No, no, come on, That's those, where he wanted those to get are the, to. Those are the obvious. He was trying okay, to get him on and, the record. And, and what if he would? I worked at Fox and, News and, for fourteen and, and years. I knew what he was doing. And what if he said? And what if he said to him? Do you, he's allowed to ask the question, but you, let's be honest. Right, the motive you, is. Do you think that the president, when he's called, said that George Curiel couldn't? do his job is a race. I mean, there are the other things that you could have said. He asked about the Muslim ban. These were these were obvious questions. He should have been prepared. I, I just think... He was prepared. He wasn't expecting those questions. What? How could you not I expect was those? Into, how could I want to tell not, you something. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. How could you not expect those questions? Because before you take an interview with anybody, there's parameters that are discussed and agreed upon. Not that they don't give you the questions. That's They not don't a real give interview. you the questions, but there's things that are off limits. Okay. Well, that... Okay, well then, either so either Swan and Axios broke the rules. After the Mumbai attacks, after Mumbai attacks on the Chabad couple, eleven years ago or twelve years ago, I was interviewed. For some reason, I was chosen to represent, and they put me on the on the, and I was given all the channels that were not local. I did Spanish television. I did, and one of the stations they gave me was Al Jazeera. I took an interview with Al Jazeera. They called me up. They said, we'd like to have you on Al Jazeera. I said, no problem. I'll take questions. 
I was given permission. I was allowed to do it. I was told to do it. I went on the radio. Before I went on the radio, I told Al Jazeera, I said, this is what I'm commenting on. No discussions of Israel. I'm just discussing the family, the movement, and the, and the son. And they said, no problem. I... The first question was, do you think that the abuse for Palestinians was the reason why these people, the, the attack on Palestinians, this was a, a, a defense of that? I'm like, I, I got off the phone. I said, listen, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't know what goes on in Al Jazeera. I'm not, I, obviously I have ideas. I didn't want to take this interview. I was asked to. But you people really are scumbags. And you should know that. Jared took an interview. He should have known what was coming to him. I'm sure there were parameters discussed, and I'm sure he was very surprised there were other, by the way the interview. There were other fumbles in the interview, but let's... there were many other fumbles in the okay, interview. Okay, I just surprised. I'm surprised. He's usually very cool, and for some reason he just didn't. Do you know how many times Bill Clinton was he, interviewed? He did not help. How many times he has did... Bill Clinton been interviewed we're, in the last we're... six years, where nobody has had the temerity or to ask cr- him or his wife about cr- his crap from when he was president we in the nineties? But because it's not news right now. No. Okay. Because the media no. has plays favorites, and the media is looking uh, for to sure. Play for sure, they do. And any time they ask Hillary or Bill about his his indiscretions in the nineties, how dare you? The whole world goes nuts. What? No, the people go nuts. They say, how dare you talk about these things? You can't ask about that. Jared goes into an interview discussing real issues going on in the world, like Middle East peace, and they're bringing up birtherism, which is as moot today as well, anything. Well, I thought the questions about Middle East peace weren't particularly great either. He didn't really do uh, he didn't do a particularly good job. He had to have known these questions were coming. How could the... Should he have taken the interview? No, but then everybody says he's not taking interviews. So, but the, to take so what? So what? What does he need? Okay. Look. What does he need it for? Honestly, answer. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know. Ah, okay. Well, that's that's I that's what I'm. However, for. I'm going to give him a slight defense. I would. I I don't know how many. I ha- would defend him too. What I'm trying to usually, it's bad staff work when this happens. You know, they didn't do. He what is what they is didn't, the staff? They didn't lay down prepped. the groundwork, and they didn't, and they or they didn't prepare him adequately. But these were obvious questions, as far as I'm concerned. Is is that you're looking at these? Not none of these are particularly crazy questions but let's, no that's true let's segue into and he he wasn't prepared for it maybe he thought it was a softball interview but knowing axios and knowing swan that you couldn't have thought that so you there should have been some prep going in there um for that I, and and his answer about the fbi and not reporting it for a, is i don't know what i would do i don't know if i would tell the fbi i mean that wasn't a good answer. that's just <laughs> either way Let's, but one second. Let's talk about the peace process let's for a second. Because, it, because on, 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 the, on the FBI statement, I watched that. He explained himself. He did. And he, he explained he himself actually, quite well. He actually started off very well he on did. that. He did. He did. He actually did. He said, I didn't scroll down. I was just there for a meeting. Okay, give it some context. Michael, then, you, how many campaigns have you then, worked on? But then where too, they tell you to go into a meeting, too, you don't know who it's too, with. Too many. But that's not the point. He, I thought he did very well on that. And he actually had some good... Indignation. When I worked for that, one sec. When I worked for Rick Lazio in 1991, I had a woman from a homeless shelter. There's a name you don't hear too often. What? You don't hear about. I worked for Rick Lazio against Hillary Clinton. We got to talk about the peace process. Fine, but I'm just saying. Tell us what happened. Yeah, you went into the. I went into the. They brought in a woman who says she has important information. I found out it's like some stalker lady 
who who lived in a homeless shelter who claimed that you know she was she she had all the secrets to unraveling the Clinton scandals. Uh, of course, she was delusional. Right, she came in the meeting. Did I report it to anybody? Did I say that there's a woman who's stalking uh, Hillary? The Russians, FBI. I don't the know. The Russians. What okay. Russian people Let's, came to the meeting? Sure. What do you mean? There was a Russian person at that meeting. There's a Russian person at the meeting. There's Russian people in Brighton Beach that came to the, the meeting. The Russian also. woman was a lawyer for. Uh, either way, I don't. That's not the point. The point here, from my perspective and your perspective, is the political malpractice. I thought it was poorly done. I thought they could have done better, should have done better, etc. Now we have we have to fight another. We day. have one minute to talk about the peace process. Okay, one of the things that happened this week: Mike Pompeo goes to the conference of presidents. Usually, these meetings are totally off the record. Somebody taped it through the audio out there basically says the peace process eh, it's probably not going to happen the peace plan the Kushner peace plan it's probably too difficult it's probably not gonna and is that the real thing i mean is that why we're just sitting on something. it yes when i on topic of rick lazio in the 19 in 2000 i was very young and there was a lady who came to volunteer in the office her husband was a prominent pollster in the 1980s we were talking. I happened to be doing briefing points on the Middle East peace process. What? I was doing some briefing points on the Middle East peace process. She said she once attended a dinner party with Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger was asked, "Is there ever, what's the solution to the Palestinian-Israeli crisis? And he said something I'll never forget. When there is no solution, there is no problem. There's no, pro- there's no solution to this. So the question is, it becomes a status quo management. The world doesn't like it, but it's the only thing that's going to keep people safe and keep people alive. So we're not solving the problem we're managing. I've heard that before, and I, I, I kind of agree with that. But there's this idea out there that there's this going to be this There's a lot plan. of problems in the world we've been managing for many years. Cyprus, Turkey, many Tibet. African countries, Tibet. We have to, uh, Kashmir. I mean, we have to come to terms with reality. It's, it's, it's a managed crisis. That means that we should do, that's why Jared's focus genuinely, and I give him credit on this, is to try to improve economic livelihood for Palestinians. Well, we're going to leave it here on that note, but, uh, well, that's it for this week here on Spin Class, here on the Not From Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. Thank you, Bruce, for joining us once again. Thank you again.